0: Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, a show about the communal experience of loving science fiction. Ladies and gentlemen, Sulu is gay in the new film Star Trek Beyond. Sulu will be openly gay. He'll have a husband and a daughter. And the internet went crazy. There was a huge amount of reaction to this news. My personal reaction was one of extreme excitement, because I've always wanted to have some sort of positive LGBT representation in the Star Trek universe. I was very, very surprised when all the flood of reactions started to pour in, and there was a lot of negative reactions. I was also very surprised to see that uh, George Takei himself, the man who played Sulu in the original Star Trek series, wasn't wild about the news. So... Immediately, all I wanted to do was podcast about it. I just wanted to collect as many opinions as possible to bring to you to discuss this issue in a way that felt representational, and that's what I did. That's what I have for you today. There's going to be a lot of talk in this episode about sexuality, and I know that that makes some people uncomfortable. So if you're one of those people that is made uncomfortable by talk of sexuality, great, great. This is a great episode for you to listen to. This might help. This might uh, show you some points of view that you've never thought about before. This is one that I'm particularly fond of. This is an episode that uh, meant a lot to me personally to put some points of view out there that I don't think are represented enough, and my own point of view out there on this issue. We're going to talk to several different people. First, we're going to hear from Kevin Hope, and then Laura B., and then I brought back Sarah Lehman and her wife, Rachel McCabe. Uh, and, of course, myself, so the five of us are going to talk to you about what this news means to us that Sulu is gay, and uh, just what it means to to think about LGBT representation in science fiction in general, but particularly in star trek it 's going to be an interesting journey. this episode 's a little bit on the long side, and believe it or not, I do value brevity in podcasts, but this all felt good to me, and I wanted all of it to be there. I did cut it down quite a bit. I mean, I always collect more than I put into the episodes, but the the nice thing about this one is that the more it went on, the more comforted I felt by the talk that was happening. Just sitting inside of a conversation like this is not something that I get to hear often. And I mean, not only being a part of it, but listening to it back today when I edited the episode. Um, this one's great. I I stand behind this. I'm really, really proud of this. And I really hope that you get something from it. Real quick note about the name of this episode. Uh, when Kevin came over to interview, I asked him what he thought the name should be, and he recommended LGB Trek. And I thought that was brilliant, and I was definitely planning on using that until I uh, contacted Laura B, who emailed me her thoughts. Uh, she recorded herself, and the file was named To Boldly Gay, where no one has gayed before. And then I had to call the episode To Boldly Gay, because I love that so much. So it was a real hard choice between Trek and To Boldly Gay. But we're boldly gaying. You ready? Here we go. So far does this, does this meet your, your podcasting?:
1: This is dreams. pretty much what I expected it would be. Not going to lie. Kind of thought we'd get a, like a coffee mug that was secretly filled with whiskey, but I'm good, actually. I mean, <laughs> that's the norm <laughs> that's very easy to accomplish. <laughs> now I have a date after, so I want to not be you know wasted. That's probably wise. <laughs> right So uh, Kevin Hope, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, sir. First timer. That's right.
0: Yeah. You're part of the Red Shirts Star Trek watching crew. That that's is how, correct. So we know each other.
1: Yes, I was the one who told you to don't drink hard liquor during Star Trek night. Yeah. <laughs> this is my first podcast. I'm super excited, guys. You have no idea.
0: Oh, I'm really excited that this is your first podcast.
1: Yeah. It's insane. Like I kind of expected this sort of thing. There's a microphone in your face. Yeah. I'm wearing headphones. Yeah. But then d- this is really happening. Oh, my God. And I'm being brought on as an expert. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's let's get into it. We're here to talk about, about gay Sulu. For listeners who may not know, I guess we should sort of, or I should, summarize that George Takei came out and said that he was disappointed that Sulu in the new universe is gay. Yeah. Um, and then Simon Pegg, uh, who helped write the script, I believe. Came out and said that, you know, he was disappointed and he respectfully disagreed with Uncle Decay's decision. Yeah. Uh and then Decay came back on Facebook and he was like, hey, it seems like people think that I'm mad at Simon Pegg or whatever, and that's not true. Um I think that there's a bunch of different conflicts going on there, both George Decay being gay, George Decay being one of the wanting Sulu the way he thought of Sulu and the way Roddenberry thought of Sulu to be preserved. And I think we can all understand not wanting our, our favorite toys to be touched, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think it's also that he is, uh, from an older generation. I mean, when he even said that when he was born and growing up, you couldn't marry someone outside of your race yeah, much less marry another man. And now he's married to a white dude and very happy, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is great. And I think that's part of the conflict for it too, is that he's afraid. And there's that fear of that, that what he did is being ruined and that mm. him, all the work he had to put in to hide and to fight for that role Yeah. As, in in his mind, as a heterosexual, right? So then it's like, now this that I wanted my legacy to be has been changed because of events that I didn't do as an actor. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. And I'm shaking my head kind of right now because that also conflicts with me wanting to know that the first episode I watched was Trouble to Troubles, right? Uh-huh. And that was in small town, Texas. And the thought that there was a character on that show that was gay back then, uh, it, would, it would just add, would have given me so much, given yeah. me so much as a little kid watching it.
0: Yeah. See, that's, that's where I, that's why I love Star Trek is because Star Trek gives so many people something to look at and say, oh, that's like me, you know? Absolutely. And they've never done that for gay people. And that really bothers me. Like, that's it's this thing that's just missing from Star Trek. And I, there's a lot of information out there about why it's missing. And of course, Gene, I mean, for Gene Roddenberry, it was picking his battles where he got the first interracial kiss ever on TV. And I mean, George Takei has come out and talked about talking to Roddenberry about having a gay character. And he said, like, I wish we could, but we can't, you know, well, like, I mean- we can only do so much with what we have. And that's the 60s. And I get that. But like when you get further in time and you get to the Rick Berman era of Star Trek, where they were on for you know decades, easily could have had a gay character in the time where like Will and Grace was on TV. By the time you get to Enterprise, they definitely could have done it, and they still
1: didn't. I'm, I'm you see me grimacing, and that's yeah. a little bit because no, I don't really think they could have and have told the story they needed to because mm. it was still a felony. Oh, that's so... That's true. I mean, that's it was so it, upsetting.
0: God it, damn it. <laughs> it
1: didn't stop being a felony until 2003.
0: Uh, they, but they they kind of played with it. They they said, like, well, we'll have this androgynous character uh, that Riker will fall in love with.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that episode w- like, made a lot of really good points and kind of touched on the idea of having a sexual identity that was not accepted by the mainstream. So at least they tried. But the thing that they've never done is... Uh, the way that they... The way that, like, Uhura was on the bridge. So all of a sudden there's a black woman who is a part of this crew. It doesn't matter that she's black and it doesn't matter that she's a woman. What matters is that she's a part of the crew and she's accepted. Absolutely. And that's how I've always wanted to see someone from the LGBT community represented in Star Trek like that, where... It's not that they are the gay character. Right. It's just that they are a part of the crew and maybe they're gay.
1: And we had so... Trek always had a character that was striving to understand humanity. Yeah. You have Odo, who is a being that exists as Goop. Yeah. For a technical explanation, of course. Yeah. Uh, And he chooses to take on a male quasi-Bajoran face and persona. And pursue a female. And pursue a female. Again, very heterosexual. But why would a ball of goop necessarily choose to pick one gender? Why yeah. wouldn't he explore both? I would if I had the opportunity. Yeah. It would be interesting to see what w- is going to happen with the new Star Trek Beyond. I think that the community is there, the passion is there for that. Yeah. And if I could like cross my fingers and just whisper to Scotty in the sky of information to pass along for me, it would be. Have them do an updated version of Fire and the Blood that never got released. Oh, tell me about that. I don't know that. Oh, um Is that a script that was never It was a script that was never done and oh I'm not god, sure. Oh my god, I don't know how, the story. Tell me the story. Oh man, and I don't know how much of this script how much of this is now just like urban internet legend. Yeah. Uh but it was that they the next generation crew because you have to remember this is on an 8990. So we are talking about Gay people are dying. Yeah. They are dying left and right. We don't even have the first cocktail yet, or we are just starting to. Yeah. So and this Mar- is Mar- a Butcher death Butrick died. Of exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Who played
0: Kirk's son and who played and who was in an episode of season one of TNG?
1: That's right. Yeah. Or in, was it season two? Season one. Season one I think. Yeah, ver- yeah because Tashi Yarstiller. Yeah. Quickly everybody to our cell phones to verify. <laughs> um I'm sure, damn it. But <laughs> So it was supposed to be that they came across this planet that was being ravaged by a disease in their blood. And it was supposed to be how they all have to, like, donate part of their blood to help this alien species. Whoa.
0: So they wrote an episode about the AIDS epidemic for TNG. And it never never made it to air. It
1: never got I have never heard this. Yeah, That's insane. Again, I don't know if this is just internet urban legend, but I'm... I feel that this is a very true, I would totally fit with how I think Gene Roddenberry viewed the world. Yeah. Um, but again, it was a product of their time and it is fascinating to me that I have made it to a point where these stories could be told. Now I'm looking forward to a truck that could tell a story that I can see me as a queer person yeah. In inside of And I can't imagine that the Trek community is not just hurting for this right now.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's hurting for it. But then I I see these things online that people post that they think it either shouldn't happen or that it doesn't matter. And I I feel very passionately that it has to happen and matters very much. Um, How do you feel as someone who grew up watching Star Trek feeling like you weren't represented uh, for your sexuality on the show? is that something that you have wanted? Is that something you've thought about? Cause you love Star Trek. I know how much you love Star Trek. Like it's something that's very dear, near and dear to you as much as it is to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways growing up in a very abusive uh, family that sent me to X gay camp, uh, really the captain Picard being there um, really helped teach me lessons about what positive masculinity could be. Totally. And I'm very grateful for those. Yeah. Um, that's such a good way to put that. True. And I mean, he's not completely escaping the problems with toxic masculinity. Yeah. I mean, he goes into, in some ways he goes to an extreme where he completely cuts himself off. Yeah. Which is is problematic. And Troy is always there to sort of call him out, which is lovely to see. Yeah. For me, I would watch these shows and I would see, oh, like, you know, here we're watching... An episode where a Vulcan is going through their every seven year <laughs> sexual Bonfire. adventure sort of thing. Um On Enterprise, you know, we saw the Denoblians and they're very, almost appears to be polyamorous in a yeah. very heterosexual kind of way.
0: That's really true. I never thought about that. Denobilians are are, are Polly.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he's got multiple wives and she has multiple husbands. Yeah.
0: and Of course they are. I never yeah. put it in those terms. I never actually thought that maybe they were trying to make a statement about sexuality with that. Uh, I, I don't know why I never put those pieces together. Because the only statement Star Trek makes regularly about sexuality is men like to look at women half naked. <laughs> this is you know? so true.
1: <laughs> and we should say, you know, Star Trek is not super great on uh, the whole misogyny concept. No. I mean let's start with the uniforms in the sixties and start working our way forward. Yeah. But we could see all these very interesting, very different points of view. And yet it was never one guy holding another guy's hand. I was just never there. That was never a place that I could really fully be.
0: How does that feel?
1: Normal? Because that is the world that I live in. I mean, you know, and that's wrong. I mean, it shouldn't feel normal. Name five movies that have gay leads. Right. You've got Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. That's uh, one. Yeah. And I mean, I can name others that have are from the queer subcommunity that is right. that's put up together, but Right.
0: So the, something that people bring up is that uh is the issue of representation, positive representation of of queer people. Right. And that that's to me why I'm so excited about Sulu and the new movie being gay because it seems like it's coming from a place of just wanting to have pure positive representation. And, uh, I, a friend of mine made a comment on my Facebook page about how, uh, gay people are represented all over in popular media. And it started this chain of events that ended up in the thread being deleted for, because mm. someone flagged it. Cause wow. it got kind of violent, like not violent, but you know, it got very angry.
1: Oh, internet comments. You never fail to disappoint.
0: Yeah. And one of the points that this girl was making, um, who self identifies as queer on the, on the page, uh. She was saying that we're not represented at all. You know, the representation you see in the media of, of gay people is, the, is a token person who is only gay and is not a rounded character. Uh, the, only, the only one I can think of that I think is a very rounded character is Captain Jack Hartness from Doctor Who and then from uh, Torchwood. When he's introduced in season one of, of New Who, he's like the rogue.
1: He appears... Uh, like By Big Ben, right? Yeah, yeah in, in the his Zeppelin.
0: ship. And then Rose meets him and immediately has a crush on him. He immediately has a crush on her. And then the Doctor shows up, and Captain Jack immediately has a crush on the Doctor, too. Uh And I love that so much. Because, you know, like, I'm someone who is, uh like, I don't know, I don't really know where I am in the sexuality spectrum. Like, I mostly date women, but I've dated men, and I'm... So what is that
1: like for you? What is the experience for you as a dude who dates women going yeah. out on a date and then being a dude who's now dating a dude going on a date.
0: Yeah. How does how question. did that
1: contrast for
0: you? So to me personally, uh, I don't think of myself as straight. I, I think of myself as being attracted to individuals. So if there is a person that I think is sexy, I try to pursue that. And it wasn't until I was about 24 that I had the guts to do it with a guy, uh, to pursue that with a guy. And then do it with the guy. <laughs> um, and it was like a big, a really, really, really difficult thing for me to admit to myself that I uh, was sexually attracted to men because I always knew I was attracted to women. So like when I grew up watching Star Trek, I didn't feel like I wasn't being represented because I didn't really, because I was attracted to women. I had the biggest crush in the world on Counselor Troy,
1: Like I still do. But, uh, quick interrupt, yeah. I knew that I was gay earlier because all of my friends were talking about their crushes on Dr. Troy, and I was like, but Worf is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and there's not really like a, there's not even a character on TNG,
0: a male character that I'm attracted to. It's like, I am attracted to men sometimes, but it's very rare. It's It's very rare. So when it happens, I get really excited, because I'm like, oh, this is my chance to experience this thing that that I want to experience for me as a person. Cause I want to be a well-rounded person. I want to have a well-rounded sexuality. I want to understand myself as well as possible. The first time I went on a date with this guy, I was so excited. I think I was more excited than I would have been if it was a girl, which is wrong, but
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think so either. Well,
0: well I, either. I think that there was a part of me that was just like, I'm doing it. You know, like I'm actually really into this person. Like we, after the date, we went and made out in his car and like feeling each other up. And it was in his truck. Oh it was God, so hot. It was great. I just trucks. had like the best time. I had so much fun. And we were walking down the street holding hands. And to me, it felt very, very natural. It felt like it always has with women. Um, were it, you more aware of your surroundings with a
1: guy than with a girl? I was so
0: much more aware of my surroundings. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was a... I was very much more aware of my surroundings. That and, that's super true.
1: And yes, you're in. I'm, I'm assuming this was Seattle.
0: It was like, yeah, it was like a block away. It was in the middle of Capitol Hill, which is, I mean, there's right. gay I mean, people everywhere.
1: There's gay people everywhere. If you've never been to Cal Anderson Park, you can see, regularly see men holding hands with men and women holding yeah. hands with women. and yeah. it. And yet I am constantly aware of where more aggressive looking dudes are because those people have hurt me in the past. Yeah. And that is a constant thing when you're out. And especially when you're out as a visibly queer person Mm -hmm. that I don't think most straight people really have that impression of.
0: Yeah. I'm someone who can very easily assimilate into completely straight culture. You know, like I can show up with a female date to something and everyone thinks that I'm straight. I think most of my friends probably think of me as straight. Uh, Um, not my close friends, like my peripheral friends, my close friends hear me talk about dudes a lot. Uh, But my close friends also hear me talk about women a lot. Um like I'm not I'm definitely not like holding myself back from dating more men. I'm not like a closeted gay person. I just I'm very picky. And then when someone when someone of either gender breaks through that pickiness, I really really try to go for it. And I wish I part of me wishes that it that there were more men just because I enjoy the variety of that
1: how do you exist then in a hetero relationship without losing your, the part of you that's queer or the part of you that's different?
0: Um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm individual sexual. Like when I'm with someone that I'm into, that's what I want. When I'm, when I'm with someone who satisfies me sexually and more importantly, uh, supports me emotionally, that's the person I want to fuck. To me, it's not, I, I don't see gender as being like uh like penis or vagina, you know? Like, do you want to fuck someone with a penis or fuck someone with a vagina? It's like, I don't care. I want to fuck someone that I'm in love with. And that
1: could be anyone. It's a very interesting thing you just did, which is you linked uh, your attraction to people's genitalia in, in that instance, or, or dissociated, I guess I should say.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm saying the opposite, yeah, yeah. Um, which I really believe
1: I have found that I am more attracted to masculinity uh-huh. in general than I am attracted to yes penis, yes th- uh, totally no, I agree, I and, agree in um so Megan rapino from the u s women's national team, yeah, I have a huge crush on, and I really struggled with that. I was very uncomfortable with myself for a while. Cause I'm like a Kenzie six. Occasionally there's pretty women, but I don't like, you know, I just want to touch for a second. I don't want to really do anything. <laughs> um, and she just blew me out of the water. And of course, like all of my lesbian friends are like, yeah, it's Megan Rapinoe. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> has a crush on her. That's not even special. I'm not even surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that I feel like I'm attracted to femininity.
0: And when I find that, in a man, sometimes it can be really intense. Um, like, the level of attraction. Like, the 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 man I went on a couple dates with was very feminine. Like, long hair, wore makeup, um, gorgeous, like, super sexy. But, you know, the first time I, I saw him, I knew it was a man immediately. It's not like uh, you don't know it's a man. But there was something so sexy about that. Like, I, I love a, a dude in eyeliner. I don't know what it is. Uh,
1: guyliner. Yeah, know. Guy I mean... Ziggy Stardust, Prince, these are yeah. all, I mean, did not shy away from embracing their femininity and were revered as male sexual icons. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure they fucked men, too. Like, I I guess. I mean, that isn't really. I mean, I think it would be cool if we found out that that was was true about well, we know, Prince. We know Bowie fucked men. We know Bowie. Yeah. I don't know that Bowie would say that he identified as bi, though. Or neither would I say he would identify as queer, yeah, see that's what I've been
0: thinking about recently is like if I were to identify, what would I say, and part of me wants to say queer because
1: I feel like queer means whatever you want to be, and the problem is the legacy of homophobia and heteronormativity totally. is that heterosexuals just can't really use that word right. in the way that I can. Right. Uh, totally. or, and you can, obviously.
0: Well, I would, uh, I would feel like a poser if I went around calling myself queer. <laughs> I really would because of the ratio uh, because it's a very high ratio, like female to male, you know uh, like I've had two experiences with men that were very intense. Uh, like one was just sexual and one was like this person I went on these dates with and, um, who I wanted to pursue something with romantically. That's And that's the only time that's ever happened. Um, but there, when I was like 24 or something, I had this really intense like 24-hour period where a bunch of nudity
1: happened. Ah, <laughs> um, that sounds like good times.
0: It was great. Like I really, really loved it. I had a great time. It's the only time in my entire life. I've never told this story on the podcast. Uh, it's the only time in my entire life that I did something purely for sexual pleasure. Because no- normally I'm the type of person that only wants to sleep with people that I want to date uh yeah. i'm i'm just that's wired really really deep into me um by my family by um by star trek in a lot of ways which is weird but just kind of like the 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 moral high road of star trek right made me really value my relationships Absolutely. And, and value sex as as a relationship so it's really difficult for me to just like sleep casually
1: with people i have a hard time with it i I can totally see that. I would say that I have had experiences where I am like, woohoo, put me in the shuttlecraft and we are on our way to gay rise yeah. up. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so this guy, this guy was the only time I ever did that where I just wanted to know what it felt like. Um, and we did, I'd say like 80% of the things that two men can do together. <laughs> I won't go into specifics. <laughs> I feel like the leather communities, they're like girl, maybe 70. <laughs> The leather community probably is like 48, 48, you know? Um, (laughs) So to me, like what I wanted to know was, will I enjoy this? And the answer to that was yes. So then the next question is like, what does that mean? And the answer to that for me was uh, someone's, it it literally means that someone's genitalia is not the deciding factor uh, in whether or not they are an attractive person to me if I can have a sexual experience with a man that I really enjoy and have sexual experiences with women that I really enjoy, then what I'm looking for is a person and I can just forget about the rest of it.
1: That's great from a personal point of view. Yeah. What I would like to know is how is your experience of being seen as being a gay couple? Yeah. And that societal experience I think would be very different. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways that, straight couples just sort of fall into an accepted norm and an accepted rhythm that is set up for them. Uh uh And having two dudes in that equation, sort of things sort of crumble around them. And it's kind of interesting to see how that that plays out. And I
0: don't think that like I'm from San Diego and I think that in San Diego, it would have been a much bigger deal than it would be up here. Like up here, I have this wonderful group of supportive artsy weirdo friends, most of whom have been on this podcast and they would, I mean, they wouldn't even bat an eye if I showed up with a with a guy to something they wouldn't care. And that's something that makes me so proud and happy that I am a part of that community where I can be whoever I want to be. And that, to me, is what I love about Seattle. Unfortunately, as Seattle's growing, that ideal is shrinking uh, as evidenced by hate crimes, which are happening now more and more frequently in this neighborhood that I live in, which is traditionally the gay neighborhood.
1: Yeah, for those who don't know, I mean, uh, there's definitely been an attack on people, um, specifically trans people and trans people of color, yeah, uh, in the Seattle area, um, and including Capitol Hill. But it it is not like the rest of the major party neighborhoods, like Fremont or Green Lake or Beacon Hill, or well, not Beacon Hill, but <laughs> no one's areas, and, yeah, Hill. no one's really First Hill is, I guess, what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. um, things like that have started happening. Um, and it is not necessarily that these are just now started happening. It's that this is a continuation, but instead of being bigger things like the fire that was started on New Year's Eve at, I believe it was neighbors, um, to specifically to try to take out gay, to take out gay people. Oh my Uh, God. I didn't hear about that. I think it was 2010, 2011. There was ricin found in the (sighs) air conditioners in one of the gay bars here. Oh my God. And I mean, we can, just keep going back through it. Um, you know, and then, of course, we are living in a society where Pulse happened not yeah. too long ago. Orlando. Um. Oh Yeah, no, beam me up. Put me in one of those holodecks. And yeah. Let me go sit at Quark's bar for a little bit and yeah. chat with Dax about her kiss. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen Deep Space Nine, you should immediately stop listening to this podcast and go watch Deep Space Nine. Well...
0: <laughs> Finish the podcast first and then go watch Deep Space Nine.
1: There is an episode titled Rejoined mm-hmm. where Dex meets one of her former lovers. Um who so Jedzia Jedzia Dex used to be Torias Dex, who was the space pilot. Yeah. And he was in a relationship with the other troll that came on board and it had a sexual marriage. And he died suddenly. The symbiont was passed on. And now the symbionts have changed hosts and are meeting again. Mm-hmm. This time as women. Mm-hmm. And it does feature the first same sex kiss mm-hmm. because it does. They That is good. There's yeah. whole hands holding imagery, but it is also portrayed as being very negative and against troll culture because they're meeting again and the symbionts should go have new experiences. Yeah, And, um, it's also just cast in the terms of this heterosexual past that they can never escape. So it's like, no, this isn't really gay. She's not really gay. Right. She's just remembering being a dude, which in some ways is super progressive and in some ways is super disappointing. Especially yeah. in society when gay people had just really started to break through the barrier.
0: Yeah. That's, there's a several moments where Star Trek tried and, I, in my opinion, failed. Uh, yeah, that one for sure. There were moments in that episode where I was like, they're doing it, you know, like when Dax wants to fight for her right to love this person. Absolutely. Like that moment had it. But then they did the same thing on, on TNG. They had a trill. Dr. Crusher fell in love with the trill the first time we had a trill on the show. And it gets into a female host at the end and the female still wants to pursue Beverly and Beverly says no and kind of like with disgust almost like oh I would never you know like this is too far for me and I I hate it like
1: why did they do that especially because we see Crusher as being so compassionate and so
0: progressive they used they used homosexuality as a punchline almost not a punchline but as as a way to kind of reset the clock because they always have to reset the clock at the end of the episode they can't have Dr. Dr. Crusher falling in love with the character without that character leaving at the end of the episode. Because that's the type of show it is. And the way that they did that was the easiest thing they could think of, which was t- such a total cop-out, let's just make the Trill turn into a woman, and then, uh, of course, Beverly will not be interested. And I don't think that they meant that maliciously. I think that that is a sign of just, like, latent... Um, uh, the the latent disregard of, right, I mean, of queer people in our society.
1: This was the early 90s. It was that yeah. you were not going to see... Two women kissing on national television. We couldn't even, you know, say gay until Ellen did in the 97 or so. So it's not surprising. It's just frustrating. Yeah. In those terms, though, we've come real far. I mean, you watch It's Always
0: Sunny in Philadelphia, and you'll see things that you never thought you'd see in your life, and that's on TV. And not all good, not all bad, but the fact that it's all happening uh, thrills me to no
1: end. (laughs) I, I wish we could take that Star Trek understanding of multiculturalism yeah, and give that out to so many people. Like, yeah. to go back to the Pulse thing, I remember being at the memorial here and we were, as I was sitting crying, I was being comforted by a Muslim imam. Wow. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no conflict there. We're, we understand each other. We are there to see each other as human and yeah. suffering and compassion and to respect our, our cultural differences. And those were things that Star Trek taught me that I just For sure. want to give to the rest of the world.
0: Yeah. Why do you think I have a podcast about sci-fi? <laughs> like that's it. That's why I, I, I think about this a lot. Like, why do I do this show? And, uh, cause I say on the show all the time, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I've been doing a lot of like soul searching recently about it. And I think that's why I think that I want to spread that idea that um, cause I think sci-fi does that. So just by talking about sci-fi, we get into these
1: conversations, the measure of a man episode about data. Yeah. Does he have the right to refuse being basically taken apart and his brain, put in a computer? Yeah. Uh, and they have to defend, you know, is, does he have self, is he conscious? Is he self-aware? I think that is part of a minority struggle. And I think I see, I see. for in that particular episode, I think we, data basically came into captain Picard's quarters to talk about because I'm different than you, because I'm not biological. You can take away my right to exist. I have to do what you say in this matter. Yeah. And I think in some ways that paralleled my coming out story and I could kind of see that, but then again, they never like committed and ran with it. Yeah. Um, and then you hear this, like, legal debate happen over his legal status. Wow, that isn't parallel with my life at all. Shout out to last year when I finally became an equal citizen. Yeah. Uh, well, partially equal citizen. I can still be denied in a hotel room in Atlanta, Georgia, where I'm going next week for work. Really? Yeah.
0: See, these are the things that, that people like me who can very easily blend into heteronormative society don't know. Like, we don't know these things. I don't, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so there's
1: no legal protection in Atlanta, Georgia for being gay in the same way that there is for race. Um, I just finished watching uh, All the Way, which was a retelling of LBJ and the civil rights struggle of the 1960s. Uh And LBJ is a Texan, much like myself. (laughs) And he talks about why we needed to pass this. And he was like, my friend you know, who works for me was trying to haul some stuff from my ranch to my home in Dallas. And he would stop in little towns and instead of going, trying to use a restroom at a restaurant or whatever, he would just pee on the side of the road like a dog because it would be easier than trying to go in and risk getting hurt. Wow. And I hear that and I see, where we are in our society. And I see those issues kind of mirrored in how data is arguing for his right to exist and and to live, but not coded in a way to speak to me the way that it's that particular episode, especially when Guinan talks about essentially chattel people and slavery with Picard and, and forward. So well, I can see that because I do believe that the gay rights movement got where it did because of the civil rights movement of the 60s, because of the work of the black community uh, that really showed it paved a road for us to follow. But that is. That was not trying to speak to queer people at the time that right. was trying to speak to right. straight white people,
0: which is I mean, which is fine because we that message also needs to be. Spread. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like one needs to be and one doesn't need to be. The, the issue is that for a show that uh, that literally exists to examine these types of issues, the fact that it has never been able to successfully examine sexual identity is, is eternally frustrating. So that's so that I'm, I'm excited entirely yeah. and
1: I'm glad that we got to explore the issues that we did in yeah. the time that we found ourselves in Star Trek was out. Totally. But I want more. Yeah.
0: And we're going to get more, which we're gonna is so get exciting. More. So, I mean, the, the new like Brian Fuller show very well might have a gay character, especially with what's happening now with Sulu. But how do you personally feel about Sulu? You, t- you talked about how you think George Takei might where he might be coming from. What about you? Where do you come from? What do you think?
1: In some ways, we are changing what this gay person's experience of that moment was, and we're changing that. Um, George Decay was as playing. In George Takei, Sulu. Not as in Sulu. We're changing George Decay's experience of performing right. Sulu. And I can't release that from how I okay. view this. Yeah. Um, it's because so much of my work and stuff I have seen being taken out of context and used for someone else's purposes. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but feel that uh, I don't, as we were talking about earlier, I think that George Takei grew is not as free as us. He as my generation, which is not as free as the generation that's coming after, after me. Yeah. And, he struggled a lot to stay in the closet, to be hidden, to be safe and to have this sort of, I can see where he comes from, where he sees that what happened afterward took away from what he did. Then when he was trying to be straight, hmm. Um there's anytime you see through a glass closet is also kind of hurtful in the gay community as well. Uh We just don't talk about it. It's more of hurting our pride. Uh,
0: what. You mean like when it's obvious that someone is gay and they're pretending not to be?
1: Right. So in the closet is no one can really tell, but then sometimes there are people that are just in a glass closet. Yeah. Um, I'm excited in that it gives hope to new generations that see the show that will always have seen that there was a queer presence in it. Um, And that makes me feel good. I'm excited that John Cho... Uh, I apologize. I always want to say John Wu. It's John Cho. Uh, did not blink an eye. Does not care. Yeah. Um, Zachary Quinto is a gay out gay man who's playing Spock. Um, I. It is a new world of Star Trek, and we are about to enter a new phase where we're finally going to have a queer cast member. Doesn't that just fill you with excitement? It does. And that makes me feel that maybe a gay story is going to come out of this. Yeah. That it is not going to be just thrown away. Yeah. I also feel like Su- uh, George Decay stopped them from having Sulu come out with a samurai sword in the naked now. He came out with an epaulet and and the Three Musketeers tradition, and yeah. he specifically did that because they were trying to import impart another part of George Takei's reality into Sulu. Hmm. So I can see where that his mindset has come from there. Yeah. What I think is more important is that we are going to look back on Star Trek and think of Sulu and think of George Takei and think of that there was always a place. There always should have been a place at yeah, that table. That's that's what it does to me. And now we're going to know that there is a place at that table. And yeah. it would be amazing for me if people would, if there was a whole generation of gay kids that came to me on Halloween dressed up as Sulu, I would right? be so happy.
0: Yeah, to me it says that that it was always there. That there was always a gay presence. And it's not that, Uh, Which I know is not true, but that's what I interpret it as. And it's not that uh, it wasn't there. It's just that these people don't judge each other on their sexuality. So it's not something that came up, you know, like it's not something that came up on the show because the show wasn't about wasn't about that at the time. Um, But it was always there and there is a place for that. And I think that's wonderful. And what I want to see is it come up on the show also. <laughs> right, because that's
1: the lived experience of being a gay person is that it, it comes up. Right. You know, you, you don't interact and live on a small ship without people right. figuring out that you're staring at the hot guy's butts, not the hot girl's butts or right. whatever. and the Or what the, holodeck
0: programs you're running. The heterosexuality comes up on the show constantly. they are very sexual people in the future. So it's bizarre that it's so bizarre that it's never come up. It's correct. I really, really, really appreciate your input. And I, this was so fun. I, we should have done this a long time ago.
1: Thank you very much, sir. Anytime you'd like to have me, I'd be glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. If you, if you, what I like to do is like, if people have things that they want to talk about, like, let me know. And I get really excited. And then I go like, watch all the movies and read all the books. <laughs>
1: Excellent. Well, when the new show comes out, if there is a gay character, I will be back on this podcast to talk about it.
0: That would be awesome. I would love that. Kevin, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Live long and prosper. Yeah. Okay. That is my chat with Kevin Hope. Kevin, thank you so much for coming and chatting. It was such a pleasure. Next up, I have something very special for you. I have been planning for a while to start bringing you some thoughts from my friend, Laura B. Laura B. My friend Laura and I used to play in a band together back in San Diego, uh, way back in the day, and you can actually see her in my Android Rock music video, which I talked about a few episodes back. Uh, I asked her to be in the video and play bass, and I loved hanging out with her and having her pretend to play bass so much that I asked her to learn to play bass for real and play in my band, which she did, and we played together for a few years after that, and it was wonderful. And then she moved to London. She moved away to Europe, and we no longer got to play together, no longer got to hang out, and all that was very sad, but... Laura met Nancy in Europe and they got married, and that's such a beautiful thing. I've been thinking for a while how much I wanted to get Laura's opinions on several different things that we've talked about on the show. And I also had the thought that it might be really cool to see what her life is like as a sci-fi fan who has moved away to another country. How has that changed her perspective on several different things? And of course, since she's part of the LGBT community, this seemed like the perfect opportunity to get started with our very own international correspondent. So when this episode came up, I knew I had to get her opinion on the record. So I emailed her yesterday and I said, Laura, can you give me something like tonight that I can put in the episode tomorrow? And she was such a good sport. She uh, recorded this for me, sent it over. I love it. It's perfect. So this is our first Uh, First report from our our brand new international correspondent for Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, Laura B. Let's hear what she has to say.
2: Hi, Jesse. This is European correspondent Laura reporting in uh, not so much live as recorded uh, in London through a series of tubes to you. Hi, Internet. Uh, I've never podcasted before, so this is going to be interesting, maybe terrible sorry. But I'm here as a professionally queer correspondent? I don't know. I don't get paid. But anyway, I'm here to talk about LGBT uh, visibility in the Star Trek universe. Uh, Obviously, this comes as a result, uh, this discussion rather, comes as a result of uh, the announcement recently that Sulu in the next Star Trek film is going to be out and openly gay. Um, which I think is fantastic, with a caveat. I am all for more representation of people like myself on screen. Uh, I'm very, very pleased that there's going to be an openly gay character in the Star Trek universe. I am thrilled that uh, it gets to be Sulu. Uh, but I'm also a little, like, I can see George Takei's point as he tweeted and, and explained on Twitter at various points over the last little while, that changing a character within a, an alternate timeline to be queer or gay or interested in their same gender, that's not a huge stretch and that's not a problem. But why did you have to do it for the one character for whom the actor who played that character is openly gay? Um, so, I mean, I think any boundary pushing in that department is, is good. I, I want more representation rather than less. Uh, the problem is always going to be a little bit that, like, you could have made someone else queer. You could have made somebody bi. There's, there's very little bi visibility in media generally. Which is something my wife complains quite a bit about. Uh, so I'm going to plant that flag for her that that BI people exist, uh, and it would be it sure would be nice to see uh, a little bit more diversity in in sci-fi in general and in Star Trek in particular. Because as a television show, as a, an extended universe, as films, as novelizations, as all of the various different facets of this fictional universe, uh, or universes at this point, um, representation has been great for a lot of people. I'm not going to say everybody, but it's still a universe that I feel tackles diversity well and, and inclusively and it would be great to see this as a continu- as the start of a continuing trend for the Star Trek universe um beginning to to open those doors to to more and more um lgbt and queer and gender diverse and it'd just be nice to see more of everybody in starfleet um i know that that for myself i would love to see more people like me on screen basically always. Um, Just because, yay, yay! (laughs) Um, Because it's important, because these things genuinely do save lives. Um, Looking at the screen and seeing yourself on screen um, in any facet of yourself that you feel you're not represented in the outside world is why you turn to science fiction in the first place. It's why sci-fi is the best genre. Um, There's the possibility to expand your horizons to to look beyond your your shitty reality into a future where things can be better for people like you um so it's a a reason for hope in these dark and sadly continuingly horrible times i can speak i suppose the other thing that i really wanted to touch on um in terms of lgbt representation in star trek is specifically the fact that um <laughs> like we've been uh, we of the internet um and pre the internet actually have been uh, have been on this bandwagon uh, of queering the uh, the show uh, for a hell of a long time basically as far back as the original series was airing on television there has been fan fiction that queers the storyline um Kirk and Spock have been gay for each other on the internet for as long as there has been an internet, pretty much. Um, And I'm not going to call myself any kind of a completist or an expert, uh, but I will tell you that I have read a fair amount of Star Trek fan fiction, um, of a variety of different pairings, and uh, it would be nice to see that subtext that clearly a lot of the, the denizens of the internet and fan people in general uh, are picking up on. I'd like to see that subtext become more textual. Um, but even if, uh, as ever, when the storyline of the thing that you love doesn't 100% satisfy, when you you love the universe that you're playing in, you love what you're seeing, but there's just not enough of what you want to see. There's there's something just a little bit wrong. Uh, fan fiction can fix that. <laughs> we can just write it. You want. Kirk and Spock to, you know, end up in the Ponfar, fuck or die situation. That is, that's its own genre, literally, uh, at this point. Um, hi, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> um, I think any and all furthering of um, LGBT representation, LGBTQIA representation uh, in media is is good um except if we're being made to be evil which nobody's really keen on like evil lesbians as a trope has been done to death so <laughs> let's just chill on that one at least but anything else is cool um especially what I like about what I've been hearing about Sulu's character in the upcoming um in the upcoming film is that he is um him being gay doesn't seem to be a major, like, plot point. It's not a very special episode of Star Trek. It's just something that gets referenced and something that is a part of his character, but he is lots of other things as well. Uh, And that's the, for me, like, the ideal queer inclusion inclusion in a story, Um, just to get to see people in all of their facets. You know, you've got a character included somewhere who... um, You know, is, uh, uh, you know, really good at knitting and loves uh, silly, like, docu-draw, I don't know, holo-dramas in the Trek universe and, like, speaks fluent, uh, I don't know, tribble, um, and is also trans. Like, it'd be great. It'd be great to see that, and especially because within the Star Trek universe, uh, it would be fantastic to explore trans themes in particular, because you you have potentially the opportunity to transition medically uh, with a great deal more kind of fluidity and grace and ease, and frankly, gender as a binary concept is is already something that the Star Trek universe has tackled as early as uh, what the I think the the episode I'm thinking of is Next Generation. Um, where there's an entire race of of Jesse, you would know the exact episode, and I know this, um, so it kills me that I'm not speaking to you in person right now. <laughs> um, where a completely genderless society has a, 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 a has contact with the the crew of the Enterprise, and Riker, of course, gets it on with somebody who then ends up identifying as female, and that's a major. Plot point of the episode, uh, and and underlines the tension of gender in society and the way that gender functions uh, as as such a sticky, thorny issue for people who are entrenched in that binary and in the kind of thinking that the patriarchy the hierarchy forces you into, that societally we're meant to be one of two things. And if you're not one of those two things, then you're different and bad and scary and we don't like you. Um, uh, more of that would be awesome, obviously. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see this as, uh, as the first step into a much wider and more inclusive Star Trek universe. Um I'm going to close out with something that I think I read on Twitter. I'm going to say Twitter. Um that someone <laughs> uh was retweeted as having said I really hope that um the gay Sulu uh means that in the future the Star Wars and Star Trek franchises start one-upping each other by including more and more gay characters in each universe uh, with the kind of rumors, and I know this is a Trek episode, but the rumors that Poe Dameron in Star Wars might end up being queer, um, canonically, that, uh, you know, they just keep one-upping each other with even more and more and more, like, super queer, super gay storylines and Uh, Let me tell you about how I'm here for that That's pretty much my thoughts On the subject Sorry for rambling Good night internet
0: And that is our first report From international correspondent Laura B She will be back and I am so excited about it Next up we're going to hear From the wonderful Rachel McCabe And her wife who you know and love Sarah Lehman Let's check it out
3: Can you hear me chewing?
0: Yes does it dis- delicious? It's disgusting.
3: Good. <laughs> I want it to be gross.
0: Well, Sarah, welcome back.
3: Thank you, Jesse. Glad to be here.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Rachel, welcome. First timer. Thank you. I am very
4: excited to be here.
0: Have you ever podcasted before? I've never podcasted. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, I'll delete it and it'll be fine yeah
4: Yeah. (laughs) that's all you needed to say (laughs) yeah
0: so you two have been married for a year uh
3: yeah a year on thursday yeah
0: yeah how how do you define yourselves
4: i don't (laughs) yeah see this is like a very big topic of conversation earlier today because everybody's so i was saying everybody is so set and putting people in a box and so you have to be described as, like, a lesbian or gay or queer or trans or straight or whatever. Or Some People just need to, like, put you in this thing. And so we were talking, people describe you, like, after they get to know, like, okay, like, yeah, you're a white girl. Mm-hmm. After they get to know that you're, like, a lesbian, that's how you're, that's the first thing that people describe you as. Like, oh, the lesbian that's da 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 Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, shitty that everybody needs to have that description because it's like I don't think it's important about who you are. I think that I think that it's important
3: in like the sense that there isn't like equality and so it's important that like it be known that gay people exist shouldn't be the it's first thing the it shouldn't be the priority of who you it, are. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's kind of like a yeah. thing
0: where once you get to that point it overwrites Everything else about your personality. Yes, exactly. And like, Sarah, I've, I've known you for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, whenever someone refers to you as gay, you're like, I'm not gay. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. married to a woman, but you're mm-hmm. not gay. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. I love. I love that. Because I, you know, we've talked about this at length. Yeah. Over many bottles of wine. Yeah. And, uh, like, I don't know how to describe myself, so I choose not to.
3: Yeah. And I don't, and I, I mean, I think that that's, like, that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Because I feel uncomfortable making um like an identity disclaimer with that you know yeah. like i don't feel comfortable like calling myself a lesbian cuz i don't feel like i am one but other people who identify as lesbian
4: like Rachel yeah i would say I'm, that i'm a lesbian but yeah. she doesn't feel the need to like put herself in the box but it's like like i was going to say earlier it's like it's easier for people to register like for whatever reason, like people like to come part to mentalize. Mm -hmm. And so that is like part of the putting you in a box is like figuring out what your sexuality
0: is. Yeah, totally. There's people out there that like, if you were to say I'm married to a woman, but I'm not a lesbian, they'd tell you that you're wrong.
4: Exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which Absolutely. is not their call. Yeah, I've had that happen. <laughs> and it's like, um, I heard that once yeah, I was yeah.
0: there. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I was like,
0: oh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that to her. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: don't say that to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. However you identify, you're mm-hmm. obviously in the LGBT community.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, So how did you feel when you found out that Sulu was going to be gay in the next Star Trek?
3: I was super excited, actually. And I am not... Even a huge Star Trek fan. Yeah. Um,
0: You're more just like a sci-fi nerd in general.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Although we did watch the same episode of The Next Generation the other day without knowing it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Not even together. That was amazing. it was so strange. Yeah.
0: It was the one with the transporter
3: psychosis. (laughs) Which was great.
0: You're like, I watched this episode. There was like a transporter thing. And I was like, transporter psychosis? (laughs) And I was like, that's it? I watched that yesterday.
3: (laughs) So did I. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Um, Um... what was the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your reaction to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Gay Sulu? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um. So I I was really excited just because I not really being a super crazy fan of Star Trek. Like I know that Star Trek is responsible for so much diversity in TV. Um. That it seemed like the like logical next step for it to be like an all inclusive world. Right? And I think it's I think it's great. P, every everybody should be represented in TV and on movies. Yeah. No matter who you are, you should have somebody that you can look at and say that is who I can
0: relate to. And this is a very unique situation where you have a character that's been on TV since the 60s mm-hmm. who a lot of people have known very intimately as a character for a long time, who all of a sudden is being presented as gay without really talking about it. They, he just shows up with his husband and their daughter. That's sure. the way it's been described. I mean, of course, none of us have seen the movie yet because it doesn't come out for a couple of days, but yeah, uh, that's what's been in the media. That's how it's going to be presented. And that, to me, is the most exciting part about this, is that it's being presented as being uh, totally normal, just something you didn't necessarily know about this character.
4: Yeah, exactly. I like that part, that it's, it's normal. It should be normal. Yeah. It shouldn't be made to be a huge deal. That's what makes it such a controversy is that people make it such a big deal when like tv is obviously trying to like normalize that situation yeah yeah and it's being blown out of proportion into like
3: yeah and also back to what rachel was saying about how once you do have like an identifier like that is your identifier right so like once you're gay you are gay and that's what you are to everybody and you might be other things with it but you're gay First, Above everything
4: else, you're the gay one.
3: To have a gay character in TV be presented as this is somebody who you've known and loved since the
4: 60s.
3: (laughs) And all of those like great memories of like the different movies and episodes and and everything like that, that people get to recall from watching Star Trek. They remember all that first and then and then he's gay.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah.
3: And that's what it should be.
0: Yeah, totally.
3: Because nobody looks at you and thinks, oh, there's Jesse, the straight one. (laughs) (laughs) He's my straight friend.
0: (laughs) Nobody thinks that. No, I know that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm like, there's Jesse, who's my Jewish friend. Yeah. You know, like nobody thinks that. Like you're just, you're just Jesse, right? And then you are also Jewish, right? Yeah. Because that's part of who you are. Yeah. Just like we are also queer-ish, you know? Yeah. And... But it shouldn't be like the first thing that people see or remember or know about you.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a facet to who you are.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we're at this weird point in time where where that's so true about uh, sexuality is that that becomes the forefront. Mm -hmm. So the alternative way that a gay character could have been introduced into Star Trek would be to have a character, a, a new character who shows up who is gay. Yeah. How do you think that would have changed how this is being represented? It
4: would that would I, be the only that would be the only thing that they would that would, they would be the gay character.
3: Yeah, I th- I think that it could still be tastefully done. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think that the audience would know them as the gay character.
0: Yeah. Where that is the overriding aspect of the character. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's like when you think about watching Will and Grace, right?
0: It's the gay show. It's the gay
3: show. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, ever since Ellen came out, like, everyone loves Ellen. Like, I love Ellen. She's hilarious. I have been watching her since I was in, like, middle school. But, like, she's super popular and people just, like, love that she's so funny and they don't mind that she's gay. You know? Yeah. And it's like, that just, like, happened, like, now. That's just, like, it's so much a part of her identity, at least the way that I see it as an outsider Yeah. You know.
0: Well, the way you phrase that is actually really telling is that, and I think that very true of how a lot of people see Ellen is that they don't mind that she's gay. Yeah. As if it's something that they're forgiving her for.
4: Well, okay. So this goes into a conversation that we were having also earlier about being tolerant and accepting of being like anything really, whether it's gay or something completely different. There's a huge difference.
0: Between being tolerant and being accepting. Exactly. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And
3: so I think that... For the most of the world. You know, I mean, again, like we're lucky we live in this little bubble that is Seattle, where you can be whatever you want to be. And people are accepting here. Yeah. You know, but for a lot of the rest of the world, people are just tolerant. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's why it's so important to have gay characters Mm
4: -hmm.
3: and any and like I said before, any type of diversity in TV shows and in movies, because there is some kid in Kansas that's going to watch it, who's going <clears> to <throat> identify, yeah, you know, and finally feel like he or she has a voice.
0: Yeah, and alternatively, you're going to have the people who are outside of that group who are, who will see someone in that group that they will identify with on some level. And then realize that they can identify with people of that type.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yep. If you if you have been watching Sulu as a character for so long and you have felt some sort of connection to him and you felt like you've identified with him and you've been able to relate with his character through all these years, then the fact that he's now gay just means that you can do that with a gay person, too. And it yeah. should be. And it's no different because it is no different. Exactly. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, so the way that this has been received by people that I know and uh, and respect, like friends of mine, uh, was frustrating for me personally, mm-hmm. where I saw a lot of comments pop up. Um, and like the main reason I, I thought to do this podcast was because there was this thread on my Facebook page where uh, I posted up the article about Sulu being gay. And someone came on my Facebook and said, I don't see why this is a big deal. And it started this really kind of violent thread of discussion yeah. between him and two people who identified as queer mm-hmm. and it got very disrespectful very quickly yeah um so i want to kind of break down the statement this isn't a big deal yeah um like let's look at that from 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 our perspective yeah so i mean i know how it makes me feel to hear that but how does it make you guys hear how does it make the two of you feel To hear someone say, this isn't a big deal.
3: Well, part of me wants to be like, yeah, being gay shouldn't be a big deal. Like that should be something that you can just be. That's part of who you are. Just be who you are. Yeah. You know, Um, the other part of me is furious at it (laughs) Because, because it is a big deal. Yeah. Because.
4: It's a struggle.
3: Yeah. And it's and it's it. Is a struggle that gets easier the older you get, but it's a struggle that never stops Mm -hmm. and never goes away. And so people who say it's not a big deal don't think about the fact that they've ever had to say something to like their friends and family about who they are and wonder if their family is going to still love them. Yeah. Or they have never had to worry about getting fired from a job or, or just like being, being denied health care. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, being spit on by strangers. Yeah. Or if your marriage to somebody that you love is going to go up in flames because some douchebag with a bad wig on his head is going to maybe become the president. <laughs> 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 you know?
4: Yeah. Like I, I feel like the no big deal is kind of dismissive to yeah. I feel like people find it dismissive as a statement in general to the situation because there's a lot more behind like struggling with being gay and like just the everyday things like just the other day I was walking down the street and some guy looked at me and was like you know you're supposed to be a girl oh my god yeah and I was just like I was literally wearing like a t-shirt it was like and jeans I had just gotten off work Yeah, and then he like muttered something as he was walking past and for a moment it's like I'm not sure if this person is going to like stop and like follow me the rest of the way because I was in Pioneer Square like by myself. It wasn't nobody around. It's like a moment of like, man, is this person going to like follow me and try to like harm me or are they just going to like continue to like harass you? It's like moments like that. It's not no big deal that you're gay. It's right. And unfortunately, it's not that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because you deal with it every day. And I'm sure a lot of people deal with discrimination and whatever, like harassment, all sorts of things. It's yeah. not a no big deal comment, which is upsetting to hear. But Yeah, you know, I, I think that's... It shouldn't be a big deal. Like, I understand what you're saying, too. Like, it shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, but yeah, it, but is, it, a big, is, a it is a big deal. It is a big deal when you look yeah. at the grand picture of everything.
0: It's interesting, because I saw two different people post it up and mean two different things by it. Mm-hmm. One of them meant it's not a big deal, as in, I don't give a fuck what anyone does, and this isn't a big deal. Like, yeah, they m- should be able m- to do whatever they no want. no big deal to me, right. so let them be gay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And... Uh, which I agree with on face value, but the other person yep. who said the exact same words, mm-hmm. who said it's not a big deal, but then proceeded to say to back that up by saying that gay people are represented in media all the time.
3: Yeah, right? we, you both.
0: You, no, I we, wish that the <laughs> listeners could see the facial reactions that that <laughs> elicited just now. Uh, continue. <laughs>
3: um, we were reading this article uh, earlier about somebody was writing about um sulu being, sulu gay, being, being gay, gay and how and how the only the the article actually said only 3.4% of the US population is gay why are they so overrepresented
0: <laughs> in the media wow there's no way that that's physically possible that that's the percentage no way
4: well and I mean, who knows if mean, that I mean, was who, really correct maybe, maybe that's the
0: percentage that's not Afraid to admit it out loud. Yeah. Sure. It's like yeah. the point
4: that somebody actually said that, though,
0: that it's they said like, yeah,
4: it's like such a small percentage and they're like, oh, you're so overrepresented. Now. Yeah. Right. There's there's well, more that's than that's just like laughably dumb. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but still,
3: that is someone's opinion. And you right. know, other
4: people,
0: unfortunately, and again, agree with that.
3: Yeah. And it's right. on the Internet. And so somebody's going to read it and be like, yep, I agree with that now.
0: But imagine if we lived in a world where. There was gay representation in a way that is real, you Mm -hmm. know, not like what we have now where it's just token gays and there's like one gay friend that tokenism is not representation. Yeah, it's the first step towards representation, but we have not reached representation yet. Exactly.
3: Here is what (laughs) would actually represent gay people on TV. Any other character that you can think of. Who happens to love. Or just sleep with the same sex as them. That's the only right, thing that's it's different. Like, that's, it's, the that's the right. only different. thing that's different. So right. Sulu just happening to be gay is, I think, a good representation I agree. of a gay person. I yeah. agree. Because gay people are just people. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm just a normal person with fantastic hair. And
0: that's so true. <laughs>
4: that's true. I know. <laughs> candy hair.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I have to throw that in because I love my hair.
0: Your hair looks really good right now. Thank you. Looks really good. Thank you. If we actually lived in a world where there was like real representation, people wouldn't be afraid to come out. Yeah. And then people would examine their own sexuality with an open mind. Yeah. And I think that a vast majority, I'm i am going to make a claim here that may or may not be true. This okay. is based off of my own experience. Okay. I think that a vast majority of people, if they actually examined themselves and tried to have some experience with someone of the same sex would like it.
3: Yeah, I agree. A
0: vast majority.
3: I agree,
4: yeah.
0: Because I I know that I went through this period personally where I was petrified of being attracted to men, like horrified of it. And if I ever felt anything that felt like being attracted to a man, I'd get so freaked out yeah. and scared. And I'd try to ignore it, pretend it wasn't there. And I remember very <laughs> vividly when I was in my early 20s, there was this girl that I had had a crush on forever, who I really, really, really wanted to ask out, and we were never single at the same time, and all of a sudden, she found herself single, I found myself single, it was on Halloween, I was oh. dressed as one of the dudes from The Warriors in the yes. movie The Warriors,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and a vest that I had
0: made, and I had the chance to ask her out, Yeah. and then I didn't, and I straight up told her, I really want to go out with you, but I'm not sure if I'm gay. <laughs> Nice. And I need to I need to try being with a man to see what I am. Yeah. Because I didn't know. Yeah. And then I had an experience shortly after that with a man. And after that, I realized that it didn't matter. Yeah. It was so strange. Like I I had this really, really strong feeling inside of me that I had to be one or the other. Yeah. And then after that I realized that it didn't matter. Yeah. It really didn't matter. Yeah. That I could be either. Yeah. And it kind of opened up this part of me that was afraid to be attracted to men. And being attracted to people is one of the greatest joys of being alive. Yeah. Seeing someone else that is just like vibrant and sparkles in this way that mm-hmm. makes you excited. Yeah. That's so rare. Yeah. You know? And like to feel that about anyone is a gift. So we, I, I as a society, we just need to get away from this kind of polar way of thinking about it. Yeah. Because that's not real. That doesn't represent the human condition. It's something that we made up. Yeah. yeah. It's something Absolutely. that we... Yeah. Created
3: Well, I think I think that that's what a lot of it is, is that people are clinging to old belief systems. Right. Yeah. It's just like, um, you know, like women belong in the kitchen, you know, which even though women are not just housewives anymore, like I think a lot of the world still thinks that we should be. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot of really like old ways that the world still thinks when we are totally past that, like technologically, yeah. like you said, like we have no reason for any of that anymore. So yeah. it's like, just get over it. Like times change. We got to change with it. Like just who cares? Yeah. You know, But
0: that doesn't mean that women shouldn't cook, but you know, who no. belongs in the kitchen is people. People yeah. belong people. in the kitchen because <laughs> yeah. cooking is fucking awesome yeah. and it's the best. Like you make yourself food and you just, it's like nourishing in a, in a yeah. way beyond just like protein and carbohydrates, yeah. you created something that you then put back into yourself to nourish yourself. That's a powerful experience. No, it, everyone it, should it to- do it. It
3: totally is. Yeah. But I'm, I meant that in the no. I No, tol- I totally like, know what you of, mean. Yeah, okay.
0: But like, I I don't know. I think it's just such an important thing for people to find ways to put themselves into a minority.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and that's... And
0: feel that, feel what it really means.
3: Exactly. And that is one of the things, one of the reasons why we need to have more diversity in like tv shows and movies right we should have a gay sulu yeah so that people can maybe just have a glimpse into i think it's normalcy right how it's not a big deal right but then also see how it is a really big huge deal yeah because it's both yeah you know
0: it's it's a big deal because it's not a big deal exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah, Yeah,
3: that's how every minority feels. I imagine, you know, you feel afraid for your safety. Yeah, because the world is stacked against you because you are different. So you're wrong. And that makes you less of a person
4: that makes you have less value. Right. And there's some instances where you can't even stand up for yourself because of the possible repercussions of that momentary, like comment or rebuttal or action. Like you don't know what that other person is thinking when they Yeah.
3: You flip someone off and they follow you home. That happened.
4: Yeah. You flip somebody off. They try to run you off the road. That also happened. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's like there are those moments where, you know, you think like I don't even have a way to stand up for myself. I can't have a voice for myself because I'll get my ass kicked for it or murdered or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's that is why it needs to be in movies And so the people who feel that terror, literal terror on a daily basis, can have a moment to look at something on the big screen and have a
4: breath of fresh air. But it also feel like it, you know, like it's okay. It also gives the people on the other side who are ignorant and are afraid of you just because they don't understand or know about your lifestyle. Or yeah. your life. It should just be your life. They don't know about your life. Yeah. And yeah. so it's people who don't understand that it's not that different. It's scary to them. And they're, they're going to judge like, you. And it's easier to be mean and hateful towards somebody than try to understand them. That's like people's automatic thing.
0: Right. And they do that out of fear.
4: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. For, for
0: some reason, the two of you being in love and being married causes other people fear. And it's yeah. I don't understand it. I mean, I
3: don't understand it either.
0: Yeah. And I think that's good. It's yeah. good that we don't understand it. But with this sort of a platform where we can have this conversation, mm-hmm. other people can hear it, part of me wishes that I did understand it so that I could maybe try to reach out to those people and explain to them why it isn't true. Yeah. But because I don't, the best I can offer is to to show you two who are like two of the coolest people I know, Thank who are you. like absolutely fantastic, who happen to be two women who are married. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't see you that way. Yeah. And it I will I will I will admit that when I first moved to Seattle, mm-hmm. um I had thoughts like that about people where I'd meet someone like, Oh, that's the, my, my new gay friend, you know, like those thoughts would cross my mind Yeah. because it wasn't something that I was as exposed to in San Diego because San Diego was much more segregated with different types of sexuality than it mm -hmm. is here. Like there was Hillcrest, which is the gay neighborhood. uh, And then you'd see people being gay, you know, being like fabulous (laughs) in Hillcrest. (laughs) Yeah. But you wouldn't necessarily see that in other places where here in Seattle, um, there's there's the whole spectrum of life around you all the time. Yeah. So all and all those thoughts have just like gone from my head and I yeah. don't feel it anymore yeah. about anything, about yeah. any type of person, about any nationality, any sexuality, anything. Yeah, and because- then it, I feel like when someone says something where I can tell that they do feel that, I feel like really uncomfortable really quickly. And it's so interesting because I've only been here for six years, but like how much of a complete change there's been in me. But I feel like it's just because I've spent a lot of time with people who are just like utterly fantastic. And I've forgotten that there's anything else that is there.
4: I think that's like one of the best qualities about you though, is that you just want to see the good in people. And that's, that's all that you see. Forget everything else. You want to see, you see the good in people and you pick out those qualities in a person that you want to be friends with or want to be attracted to. And you don't see any of the other stuff because it doesn't matter because you're open-minded enough to just
0: accept them for their personality and other things. Yeah. That's something that I learned. And if I can learn it, everyone can learn it. You yeah. Know? So so that I, there's like an easy solution.
4: <laughs> well, people just, have to be willing. The thing is people have to be willing to have an open mind. If you yeah. go into something already hating it, you're never going to have a shot.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and I I think that it is it is fair that people who are not exposed, they need to feel comfortable asking questions. You know, yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. like, yeah. I get sick of like, well, who's the man or, you know, and it's like, well, that's the point. Like, there isn't one. You know,
0: the answer is (laughs) neither. Yeah. Between these two women, who's the man? Well, you answered that question yourself (laughs) with the question Think about
3: what you just said. Yeah. For a minute. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because there doesn't have to be a man. I
3: know. But people, but people
0: can't perceive of that. People
3: are taught. Yeah. That there should be a man or there should be a woman, right? They're not taught that
0: love is this beautiful thing. They're taught that love is between a man and a woman.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And what I think is really important is that when people who are first getting exposed to whatever it is, they should be able to ask those questions. Like, you should be able to ask gay people, like, what is it like to be gay? Because they're not going to learn any other way.
0: That's true. Right? I
3: don't know what it's like to be Jewish. So...
0: I'm not a good authority on that. I know. That's why I've never asked you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, I don't know what it's like to be black. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know what growing up black feels like. And I do want to know. I think that that is part of my responsibility as a member of humanity is to know how other people grow up. What is it Mm. like to be Jewish? What is it like to be Arab? You know, what is it like to be a man? Yeah, I don't know any of those things. And I should we should all feel comfortable asking those hard, uncomfortable questions. Yeah, because that's the only way we're going to get past any of it yeah. is to be able to relate to each other and understand how we're all the same. Yeah. And it's the system that is set up differently. Totally. Right. That's what it is. And we think that the system is the same for everybody and that the people are different, but it's the people that are the same. The system, the system is, is different, different. Totally. for everybody. Totally. Right.
0: I agree hundred percent,
3: you know, as, as frustrating as, is for people to be like, well, who's the man or whatever. Like I, if somebody really wants to know, like I, I want to live in a place where we can ask those hard questions without judgment, yeah. just for the sake of being able to, connect with one another, because that that is what really makes the difference is when you connect with somebody who is different than you, then you realize that they're not different. Totally. And that that's what it's about. It's like one of my good friends. I was telling Rachel earlier, um, I went to school with and when we were kind of close to the end of like graduating, she said, you know, when I first met you, I just thought you were another angry lesbian. Oof. And not, not just a angry lesbian, but another.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Right. And it was like, oh. And and just
0: because you are, doesn't mean it's okay to say. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Nailed it.
3: (laughs) But it's like, it's that whole thing where it's like, she had this idea that I was just going to be this, like another angry lesbian until she got to know who I am. And then she's like, oh yeah, you're cool. You're just like me. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the point, right? That's again, that's why we need gay Sulu is to just be like, oh, yeah, he's just another he's the same as he's always been. He's just also gay now. Yeah. With a kid, right? Like if you're a parent, whether you're a man or a woman, you should care for your child the same. You should love your child the same. If you're Mm -hmm. a husband or a wife, you should care for your partner the same way.
0: That's something that I love about. Star Trek, The Next Generation in particular, is that it seems like all people in this world are taught to be people in the same way. Yes. They're not taught to be men or women. They're taught to be productive members of society. Yes. Period. Yeah. That's why I've always been so kind of personally upset that there's no representation of other sexualities. Yeah. Because it makes no sense. Just from a storytelling point of view, it doesn't hold canon to say that all these people are straight when they're all taught to embrace themselves for who they are. Because you yeah. know that they are going to be some gay people in yeah, that situation. Definitely. Well, I
3: mean, and, and that's the whole thing is that, you know, right now with there being a gay character, you know, there's all this uproar because being gay is still not normal. Yeah. It's still not yeah. the right thing to be.
0: And that's the root of the problem. Exactly. That's That's the root of the reaction. That, and why it's frustrating.
3: Yeah. That is why it's frustrating because it's like, don't tell me that I am wrong for being in a healthy relationship with somebody I love who treats me kindly and fairly. <laughs> and I couldn't, I haven't been happier in my whole life. than I have been in the last five years. Don't tell me that that is wrong. Yeah. Right. You're just jealous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting reaction. Like it's, it's so, it's something that's so far outside of my realm of, of uh, experience to be mad at someone for finding happiness. Yeah i I don't understand it, and i yeah. if anyone out there who's listening to this like feels that way, like take some time to examine why, yeah, you know, yeah, exa- like think about it' it's it's not i I don't want to come off as thinking that or as seeming like I think that people who don't agree with us are wrong, even yeah. though I do feel that way, but yeah. I want to it's not wrong to not know something Exactly. it's never wrong to not know something, yes, but if you're presented with information that makes sense to you. Uh, and it goes against what you have believed.
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: take a moment to think about why.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that that really I think is another like just big problem in society is that we're taught that you can't change your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Once that you've made you that can't. Decision that you set. can't
3: have a change of feeling or a change of heart. You can't ever think something different. And that is just not the way the world works. When you're presented with new information that makes better sense than you change your mind, you know?
0: Yeah. When science.
3: Yeah. When Pluto's not a planet, Pluto is not a planet. Get over it. Right. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It's you got scienced. Yeah. (laughs) And so when when people are I mean, I don't I don't know about Rachel, but I've had people say like, oh, I've never met anyone gay before. But you, (laughs) you know, like I somehow like made it like, you're like okay to be gay because i'm like a normal person but again
4: that goes back to what f- the person said to you about you're Being not angry. just another angry lesbian it's like oh like you are just like a person yeah it's like people have that like aha moment like oh you're okay yeah yeah <laughs> so
0: <laughs> you know i mean if if this is like the period in time where we have to live through that I, we can't not live through that because it's happening. We
3: have to get through it's it, exactly. Yeah.
0: But we, the, the, the point of this whole conversation is, like, to get through it.
3: Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: like, we, we can get through it as a society. Yeah. We will get through it. I'm yeah. sure that we will. Yeah. It's just, like, let's get through it faster because we are doing a real bad job of it right now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they announced this before the movie came out because of what happened in Orlando. I don't know if that's true or not. But yeah. the fact that there was, like, I mean, it's the biggest mass shooting in U.S. history. In U.S. history, yeah, yeah,
3: the most deadly.
0: The most deadly, yeah, the yeah. most deadly mass shooting in U.S. history, and the fact that it was done out of hatred of of like the queer community is uh, horrifying, like absolutely horrifying. So I felt like it was just such wonderful timing and such wonderful solidarity and forward thinking for Mm -hmm. Simon Pegg and the producers of the film to come out and say, this is what we're doing and why in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Because they could have waited like two weeks and the movie would have come out. Yeah. And people would have seen it for themselves. Yeah. But I think that maybe they were afraid of how the reaction would be taken because if if you get out in front of it, you can kind of put your narrative forward of how you want it to be taken. And I think that maybe they realize that America's not there yet. Yeah, where they, we can, they wanted to
3: manage the reception of it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, That's what I'm thinking because they presented it in such a positive way. Yeah, and it still got such a negative backlash.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, and half of the negative backlash was for legitimate reasons, uh, quote unquote legitimate reasons, by people who are not hateful. Yeah, people who are thinking, well, this shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, but uh, but the other half was done by people who are are wrong. You yeah, know? people who are. <laughs> the type of people who are afraid of of gay people like mm-hmm. there's some sort of boogeyman or something and the the type of people where you breed this sort of violence yeah and that is something that has to go i mean how can we move forward as a society when we're like people are affra- like literally afraid for their lives for good reason like i was afraid to go to the pride parade this year because yeah, it happened right after I was, right I was, after too.
4: I was yeah. too, honestly. But I'm, but I'm not going to let that stop me. Like like well, you yeah. were saying earlier, like people have died for rights in general and for rights that we specifically believe in because we...
3: People have died so that we could be married. Yeah, That yeah. is a fact. That and you, I... should...
4: you can't let fear stop you from celebrating and supporting other people. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean and that's why like I'll go to Pride because that because it's not about spending a fun day in the sunshine covered in glitter and drinking beer. Although it can be, but that's not <laughs> I mean, what it's about. I mean it, that's
0: what you do, but it's not about. <laughs> yeah,
3: but when you when you go to Pride, you think about like the people who have lost their lives so that we could have A little bit more equality in ours, you know, and that I think that that is the obligation of every generation Mm -hmm. is to do that for the next. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely required that we make the next generation's life easier, safer, and safer, yeah, and better. Right? We had it better than our parents. Right? They had it better than theirs. Like. We have to keep going forward with everything having to do with equality. Yeah. Gender equality, sexual orientation, race, religion, all of it. We have to become a more accepting society Mm -hmm. so that our kids are safer than we were. Yeah. Are safer than we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I've said this over and over to everyone that I know, but I think that storytelling is the way to... Make change Absolutely. Because when you are presented with stories, you can, in sci-fi in particular, you can show things to people that they wouldn't see otherwise. Yes. And I've always loved the story of Star Trek more than any other because it was the one that showed me what was possible in our own society. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been embarrassed for a long time that sexuality had been left out of that. But I'm overjoyed that now it's there. I'm, I'm even more overjoyed that it was presented in a way that kind of... Retcons it into the whole history of Star Trek by saying that it's never been a big deal in this universe. That's why you never saw it because yeah, because it didn't every, need a spotlight because it didn't need a spotlight yep. because they accept it in the not a big deal way. That's okay with me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do recognize that currently in our society we live in a time where it has to be a big deal because because people are being shot and killed over it. Yeah. So we need to go the other way. We need to sh- we need to try harder to. Uh, to accept and not just tolerate. You know, we yeah. need to try harder to to see people for who they are and to see this as an aspect of who they are. Yeah. And I just wish that everyone in the world could just hang out with the two of you for like a minute and just realize <laughs> all like all the hateful people out there just to realize how stupid they've been. Yeah. yeah. Because if you are the result of what it means to be in a queer relationship, like how could anyone ever call that into question
3: yeah thank you i i appreciate that i mean and it is it's hard it's hard to be an outsider of the world yeah you know and like when you're growing up and you don't feel straight even though when you're a kid you don't know what that means you just feel like you're different Different. Yeah. yeah You know,
4: that's what it feels like is being an outsider of the whole world. Well, yeah, it's like everybody, like we both grew up in small towns. It's like all the kids, all the boys have short haircuts. All the girls have the same Mm -hmm. like bob or longish hair. Like everybody looks the same. And then you're the like odd person out. Yeah. In that situation.
3: Yeah. And you have a, a bullseye on your back, basically. Yeah. You know, and then you move to a better place and but it's still there, you know? Yeah. It like gets hazy every now and again, but it's still there. And so, yeah, it's important for storytellers to tell every kind of story there is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you do with podcasting. You know, Star Trek has always done, you know, they've always like Star Trek has always been super inclusive and made a point almost, to make sure that lots of different kinds of people were represented. And that's what's great about sci-fi is that sci-fi represents everything because it it represents shit that doesn't even exist.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know?
3: And that's what's great about it. And the fact that it's 2016 and we're just now having good representation of a gay character over, like, robots and droids and, you know, yeah, like... It's a slow start, but it's a start and it's a start that's needed.
0: It's it's a very slow start. And yeah. I think about like when I was in school and we we're being taught about um, like the civil rights movement. Yeah. I was like, this happened so recently because mm-hmm. when yeah. I was a kid, I grew up on a, a, a heavy diet of Star Trek. Yeah. So I had to be taught <laughs> what racism was when I got to a certain age Yeah, because I did not understand it. Yeah. And when I found out that there was like fighting going on between kids of different ethnicities at my high school, uh, it was just like. I was flabbergasted. Yeah. And I don't use that word lightly. Um, and I always think of myself as living in a time that's past all of that nonsense. But then I'm constantly shown that I'm not. I'm yeah. living, like, we're living right in the center of the nonsense right now. Yeah. And there's oh, always... Yeah. there's
3: so much nonsense. Yeah,
0: there's always a group that's going to be discriminated against.
3: Yep. I will say that because we are living in, like, the the core of all the nonsense, right? Like <laughs> what you said... I think it's great because the nonsense has always been there. Yeah. But we just now all have fucking access to it. Yeah. Which is great. Everybody has a voice. You know, we have the opportunity right now to to call people out and to talk about it. And that is what is going to get us through is being able to talk to each other about it and to understand different people's perspectives. And the way that they live, because like I said before, when you when you understand how someone else has lived and suffered, then you are connected to them, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's and then and then they are just a human to you when you know how someone has really suffered in their lives, they that is what humanizes them. And that is the problem is that to people who hate gay people, gay people are not humans to them. You know, we're not humanized. We're different. We're something else. We're something less. Yeah. You know? And so that, that makes me hopeful is that we all got voices now.
0: Yeah. In, in Star Trek lore, the thing that brings all humanity together is discovering that we're not alone in the universe. And I feel like in our society, it might be the internet. Yeah. Because the internet's what's allowing everyone to talk to each other. Yeah. And I think about like watching back to the future. When they're attacked by Libyans in the beginning of the movie. Ugh. You can do that back then because no one knew what Libyans, what Libyans were. were. Yeah. No one knew that that was a real thing, a real place with real people. Yeah. Whereas now you wouldn't do that because, no. I mean, Libya is not as far away as it used to be. Yeah. So it's interesting. I feel like we've become more of a global society very quickly. Yeah. And I think that that's going to continue. And I'm the undying optimist who thinks that we will become one race because we are, we'll yeah. just realize it sooner rather than later. Yeah. And it's interesting that in that time when those types of things are happening with uh, sort of like ethnic strife, sexuality becomes so much more of a like a hot issue yeah. where I mean the idea that someone would walk into a gay nightclub with like automatic weapons, it, it seems so crazy, you know? It seems so insane to me. Yeah. And I feel like that wouldn't have happened, you know, like 10 or 15 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, like during the civil rights movement when everyone was hating like people for being black. Mm -hmm. You know, people seem to have to have some reason to hate other people. Something to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so interesting. And I wonder, like, how do we break that cycle? Because I feel like we will eventually break that cycle because we keep going through these different things to hate. And realizing that we don't need to and then moving on to the next thing to, to, the hate, next thing to hate as a people. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that the Internet might be able to break that cycle.
3: Yeah. I mean, again, I think that it comes down to just realizing that, that we are all just people, you know. And like being able to share our stories and our struggles with each other and our lives and just you know, being able to, like, if, you know, you're afraid of a Muslim, like, go talk to Muslim people. Yeah. You know, like, have just a normal conversation with them because they're just normal people. Yeah. Right. So that's how that's how you make someone not different from you, because we're taught we're we're taught to be different. Like, kids don't grow up thinking that we're all different from each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Children do not believe that. Babies totally. don't think that. We are taught to believe that.
0: So just show everyone Star Trek from the moment they're born. Well, maybe wait a couple of years because there's some scary episodes.
3: Well, yeah. And, and they, they also will... won't remember it until they're like
0: three. Yeah. Start at three years old. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone will learn to accept everyone else.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and... it's, it's really, it's just about exposure. Yeah. Right? Like yep. you weren't exposed to a lot before you moved to Seattle. Yeah. And it's changed you because you've been exposed now. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, have gay characters on widely
4: popular yeah. you know, TV shows and movies. Give some other kid hope. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. a place where they don't have access to that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, because when I was a kid, the most prominent gay character I had was Bugs Bunny. And Bugs uh... <laughs> Bunny? <laughs> yeah, because Bugs Bunny was like a huge cross dresser. Like he was always like yeah. cross dressing,
4: wow. dresses. Yeah, Interesting. and uh, he was in costume drag. Mm-hmm.
3: He was in a lot of drag. Yeah, that was it. Like oh, yeah. and Tootsie. I remember being like 13 years old and feeling like weird, yeah. you know, and feeling like something was wrong with me, and that I didn't know what it was, but it was just it was bad. And I should just not tell anyone because then no one will like me. Yeah. Because that's what you were taught.
4: Because that's what I was taught. Because that's the reaction that other people showed. Like... Yeah. And you learn from that. That's how kids learn.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. New Kids on the Block. Perfect example. My sister (laughs) got the tape of New Kids on the Block. Yeah. For all you young listeners out there, <laughs> tapes were before CDs, and CDs don't even exist anymore. <laughs> it's terrifying. <Yeah. laughs> but my dad, like, the first thing he said was, they sound like bags.
0: Yeah. Wow. That
3: was the first thing he said when my sister... My sister was so excited about buying that tape and put it in, and then she never listened to it again. My wow. sister's also kind of queer. Imagine, like, being gay and hearing people be like, oh, that's so gay. That's so gay. And it's like, what does that mean? Oh, I just mean it like it's stupid. It's like, why is gay a synonym for being stupid?
0: My first day... Or for being
3: fun, you know? My
0: first day in middle school, I I knew nobody at this school. Mm -hmm. And I sat down at lunch with... I met one person in my first class. I went to lunch with this guy and sat down at a table with some other people. He ended up being, like, one of my absolute best friends. I was the best man at his wedding. Ah. But that first day, uh, he referred to something, he's like, he's like, dude, don't be a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, said in the same way that someone would say, like, this is gay. Yeah. And uh, obviously those people at that table were also saying, this is gay. Like, yeah. gay was used as... Don't
3: be such a gay Jew.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, you can cut that out if you want.
0: No, I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs>
3: uh,
0: and it's interesting because I, on one hand, I know that he doesn't mean that you know yeah I know that he's just saying that because he's heard that that's something to say yeah and then I I instantly clammed up and I'm like dude I'm Jewish and he never said it again around me you yeah. know yeah but this is the same person where when I told him that I had hooked up with a guy oh man I gotta I'm gonna say this out loud I'm just gonna say it okay when I told him that I'd hooked up with a guy <laughs> this, this it was heartbreaking to me oh um I haven't thought about this in a long time his reaction was, what if people find out they're going to think that I'm gay, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So imagine that feeling your whole life.
0: Right. And I can't imagine that. Yeah. Um, well, I take that back. I have I have a frame of reference to imagine that. Yeah. I can't imagine. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that's like. Yeah. I've I've touched on it a couple of times in my life.
3: Yeah. But it's, so it's I horrible. Yeah. Right? Like I
0: under. I've touched on a little bit of, like, racism from being Jewish. Mm-hmm. Jewish. <laughs> I drank a lot of wine just now. Um, yeah,
3: that bottle's gone. The bottle's gone. Yeah.
0: I've, I've touched on racism from being Jewish. I've touched on sexism from my experiences with men. Mm-hmm. Sexism, what am I saying? I've touched on, uh, like, homophobia yeah. with my experiences with men. Yeah. But I can still assimilate into anything.
3: Absolutely. Because
0: I am, like, white. And because I often date women. Most yeah. often date women. Yeah. So it's it's very strange for me to be on both sides of the equation all the time. Yeah. Where like I'll get up one night in bondage leather on stage and go absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I'll put on a suit and tie and go to work. And I'm completely accepted in both. In both, yeah. So I am probably one of the luckiest people alive because... <laughs> I can be anything that I want. Nobody
3: hates you. Yeah, I've, like, <laughs> I've put
0: myself in a position where I can literally be anything that I want and yeah, I mean, be accepted and for that. That
3: is the position that everyone should be in.
0: I agree. Yeah. So and much. And
3: I, I love it. And I I feel like that is just kind of the maybe naive way that I live my life where I just assume that I'm just like accepted everywhere because I no longer give a shit yeah i don't know and that's
0: why i love you <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: i mean i haven't really given a lot of shits throughout my years yeah. but you're you such know, a honey badger <laughs> once i hit 30 i was like it's over you know yeah. like whatever this is who i am yeah but um yeah i mean i i can't wait until we live in a world where everybody can feel wildly accepted everywhere Yeah. No matter what they're wearing or doing or who they're doing or who they're doing it to or with or on or whatever, like it doesn't matter. Like I cannot wait. That is my dream. I agree. I can't wait for it.
0: I think it starts internally.
3: Absolutely. I think
0: that the maybe the reason that I am accepted in all these places is because I accept myself. Yeah. And I just present myself in a way that's acceptable to me. Yeah. And no one can make fun of me in a way that's going to change my behavior. Yep. Uh, like there are times where I get up on stage and I'm like, Oh man, I, there, there's, there's one Mugatu show where there was these pictures that were taken of me. It was taken at this really awful angle um, where it's like from behind uh-huh. my shoulder. Yeah. And like, you can see my boobs and they look gigantic <laughs> and like pointy and triangular from this uh-huh. angle. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, God, I look gross. Like that's awful. Well, I'm not going to stop wearing I'm not going to stop getting on stage shirtless because it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I had this like one moment where I'm like, well, I don't like how that looks, but it's not going to change my behavior because how it looks is not as important as how it feels. Yeah. And it feels incredible. Absolutely. It feels amazing because like when you get up on stage and you're not wearing much, the audience opens up to you faster. And I, I know this for a fact. Yeah, Um, because you
3: literally have nothing between you.
0: Yeah, totally.
3: Like, that's, like, when you... Right, that's why, like, having sex with somebody is so powerful, because you are so vulnerable. Yeah. There's nothing between you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name of this movie, but there was some rom-com I saw when I was a kid, and this woman and this man got into a hot tub together, and she said that he had to take off his pants before they had a serious conversation, because if he was naked, he would pay more attention. And I live my life that way. Yes. (laughs)
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
4: yes <laughs> Yes, i love it
3: <laughs> yeah it's, i mean it's it's true you have to just go through your life and be you and be comfortable in it yeah. because I, I think that that's another huge thing is once you fully accept who you are and you no longer feel like the shame that society wants to put on you then everyone else is just like drawn to you because yeah. they want that too, because that's what we all want.
4: Yeah. Yep. It's the confidence. Yeah. You're, like secure with yourself. So yeah. that is like attractive to other people. Yeah.
0: And it's something that everyone can have. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just, it's an individual journey for every person and figuring out how to get there can be very very hard and can be devastatingly uh, frustrating and painful and depressing. Yeah. But everyone can get there. Yeah. Everyone. Yes. Every but, single person. I mean, it
3: doesn't it doesn't have to be hard though. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have the ability to change the world around us and make yeah. it easier. Yeah. You know, and I truly believe that. I truly believe that we can absolutely change the world. I agree. Right, because if we change our little worlds. And then someone else that is in our world goes and moves to like another town. Right. And then they change their little world. Like it's a domino. Right. It's a trickle effect. We can do it. And it's just about being being present and being mindful and making sure that you are always accepting of everyone around you and accepting of yourself, you know, trying new things yeah and and don't let don't let people stop you like
4: yeah don't be embarrassed gay, gay pride
3: weekend you know i was at work and someone tried to save my gay soul from eternal hellfire
0: <laughs> yeah, you told me about that it's so crazy yeah what a weird time of year to do that i
3: know i was just like what and then yeah. we tried to go to the club and it was right after orlando happened so we like yeah. had the wand the metal detector wand go over us which yeah. was like super weird Um, but yeah, it was just like for a minute, like it made me like so, so mad that like this stranger thinks I'm going to go to hell. I'm like, you don't even know me. Like you see my haircut and like, you think you, you think that you know me, but you, you know, he's a total stranger. And it was like, no, he's not going to like change who I am.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know, you don't believe in that. So it doesn't carry any weight with how you should feel about what his opinion is. Cause you don't believe it. You don't think you're going to go to hell for it.
3: So yeah, thinking I'm a good that person. doesn't mean
4: that you like to you doesn't, you know?
3: Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. It does. It makes sense to me.
4: Cause you love me.
3: I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's <was> wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Rachel and Sarah, thank you so much. Oh, this thanks. was awesome. Well, thanks I had fun. Yeah. 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 We always, It's always fun. It's always fun.
3: You guys and,
0: are uh, capables. What like a what a wonderful conversation to share with other people, right?
3: Absolutely, and yeah. I think that conversations like this should be had more often. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And maybe people will hear this and then have their own. And that's awesome. I, I hope yeah. so.
3: I really, I really do because I believe that that is the only way we'll get through it. Yeah, is by communicating. <laughs> yeah, and and taking away any, um. Like you, like you have to be humble, right? You can't have, you can have an ego about it. You just have to be like, okay with who you are and be willing to be okay with who everyone else is. Yeah. And like, once we can start having conversations that way, like shit's going to change.
0: Yeah. When you You are comfortable with yourself, you are much more likely to be comfortable with other people.
3: Yes. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: So if you, I don't know, if you're looking for a place to start. Yeah. Look inside.
3: Start. Start inside. Yeah,
0: yeah, and maybe maybe watch some gay porn and see that it's not that scary.
3: Yeah, or just so if watch- you don't
0: like the first one you see, look around a little more. Yeah, find just one you shop like. Shop around. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Go <laughs> to a different. Look for maybe like a same. maybe
0: like a sensual massage. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
3: <laughs> or just watch gay Sulu.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go see Star Trek Beyond. There yeah. you go. Yeah,
3: because gay porn characters are not actually gay.
0: Usually, that's true. Gay for pay.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, just like this podcast.
3: <laughs> We're getting paid. I'm getting
0: <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, drink this other bottle of wine and eat these cupcakes. Let's do it. It's yeah. fucking hot in here. Yeah, you it know, is
3: really hot in here. in here. Yeah.
0: All right, thank you guys. Okay. Love you guys. Thank love you too. Love you too. What What an interesting, interesting discussion. I'm so thrilled to have been able to bring you all these different points of view in this episode. There's a lot of things that, uh, that I feel on a day-to-day basis that I see around me that I don't say anything about because I exist so often in this heteronormative society. Um, and man, it just felt really good for me personally to hear all of these wonderful people, my friends, to hear their points of view, to have it all together, to see the similarities, the differences. Um, it's really fascinating for me. Couldn't have asked for anything better. So thank you so much to the people who contributed to this. This was a special one to me. If you want to join in this discussion to share your own stories or to comment on something, uh, you can always comment on any episode over at my website at jessemercury.com or you can send me an email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. This Sunday, I'm going to see Star Trek Beyond with a big group of friends. I'm so excited. I'm going to try to get a few of them, uh, lure them back to my apartment to record their opinions. And then my plan right now is for next week's episode to be all about Star Trek Beyond and our immediate reactions to it. Right after that, we're going to have TNG Season 4 with Audrey, Kayla, and Tiffin. That's finally happening. And then I have some great stuff coming up for you after that. I promise some of it will be uh, not just Star Trek, but other things also. But, I mean, Star Trek's the best, so we could talk about that all we want. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon or through PayPal or by sharing the show. All of my links, everything is at jessemercury.com for you to check out. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're here listening to this. It makes me very, very happy. And I can't wait to see you next time.